0: um, what that uh, forward picture looks like. Um, And this is what we concentrated last week. So we captured it all in something that we called a mission statement. A mission statement. Does anybody know what a mission statement, our mission statement is? Do you remember? (laughs) Okay. Apart from the leaders, the leadership, you're kind of not um, allowed to communicate, to to rather to participate. Um, Jimmy can help me to put it up. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a quiz. Okay, so we'll we'll try and get it one by one, one word at a time. Okay, so what's the first word? Accepted. Accepted. Accepted, yes. So this is who we are, we are accepted, we are accepted. Um, If you look around, you'll notice we are very different. Um, we are not a standard uh, sort of uniform group of people. God has created us in very very different ways and yet in all this it's really amazing that we are actually accepted. We are not only accepted in the beloved because this is what his his word says we are accepted in him but we also want to create this um, idea that as we walk forward into the future that we have a culture that really accepts people from all manner of backgrounds uh, all manner of ages, that we are accepted in this atmosphere. Okay, so what's the next word? Who said that? Transformed. Okay. Transformed. Everybody remember that? Accepted and transformed. So we accept you, but we believe and we trust that God is working in us and through us to transform us, to change us from one level of glory to another. Okay, so we are accepted and we are transformed to bring... Uh not the leaders, (laughs) nobody on the leadership committee I need people to to remember accepted and transformed to bring what are we supposed to bring? I can't hear you okay, a hint, it's in the Lord's Prayer God's kingdom, that's right accepted and transformed to bring God's kingdom God's kingdom, okay, um, into, okay, so we accept accepted, transform to bring God's kingdom into, into? The world. Our world. Yes, the world that I live in or where God has placed me. So whether you're a student, whether you're in the office, or whether you're just at home, um, relaxing, um, or really doing your normal day-to-day business—that's your world. So, God's—we um, believe God's mission for us as KS boy is really to be accepted, transformed, to bring God's kingdom into our world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So, from mission, once we understand what we are all about and how we're moving forward, we now want to think about. These day-to-day interactions that we have, the kind of culture that we want to bring out in KIC uh, Lubowa. Every group of people, whenever you gather together as a group of people, you create a culture. This is a very natural occurrence. Now, in KIC Lubowa, we want to be very deliberate about what that culture will be. There are already elements of it, and we, bring, we believe that God wants to pull out these very um, key elements. Um, and so that we are, can we can develop we can we, we can develop them and we can you know um, pray into them, um, walk into them, uh, and practice them on a regular basis because this is what culture is. It's what we value um, and what we practice regularly, and it drives how we communicate and how we relate with each other. So the KIC Silabua culture, there are, there are five elements to it. Um, the first is family, we want to develop a culture of family where you come and you know this is your family, when you are accepted um, in this family. We want to develop a culture of worship, that is already very evident in this church. A lot of people who come here the first time, they're like, wow, you have an amazing worship um, um, atmosphere. So we want to develop that um, even more in each one of us. We want to develop a culture of authenticity, where we are authentic, we are not false, eh? You can, don't come here with a hypocritical, or a, a how do you say uh, you, you come in and you say you're okay but actually inside your heart, we want you to be true to you who you are to, to what is going on so that we can actually minister accordingly and we can support you i want to develop a culture of honor where we recognize and honor that every individual while being different is a very very vital element of the kingdom of god every person is very significant and highly valued by god and as a result highly valued by us and we want to create a culture of discipleship, a culture of discipleship. So that's the five of them, F- family, worship, authenticity, honor, and discipleship. Keep that in mind, that might be the quiz for next week, okay? Okay, smile with your eyes. Thank you. Okay, so discipleship, this is uh, the last one that I mentioned, so um, the last becomes the first. And that's the one we're going to really concentrate on today. A culture of discipleship. So what comes to mind when you think about discipleship? What is in your mind when you think about discipleship? Discipline? Interesting. (laughs) Discipline, okay? Mm
1: -hmm. Mentorship. Mentorship.
0: Mentorship. Mentorship. Practice. I like that. Practice. Relationship. Relationship. Very, very vital. Relationship. Purpose. Purpose. Wow, that's very interesting. Very purposeful. Very purposeful. So you already have this um, jewel, so to speak, of discipleship inside of you. And we want to be very deliberate over the next... Um, coming years to be very, you know, to focus on what discipleship means to us as well as to really bring it out in this church. Now let me just say there are basically three elements, or three things that are involved in discipleship. First of all, discipleship really means a follower. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a follower. Somebody who follows somebody else. So secondly, we're going to talk more about that, but secondly, it's Somebody who really is learning, is in the learning atmosphere, um, is relating, Um, there was a very good uh, contribution, somebody said relationship, yes, is relating to the person that they are following. They are absorbing what this person is saying, they are learning from them, they are imitating them. Um, The Apostle Paul, you know, talked about, follow me even as I follow the Lord Jesus Christ. About imitating the person you're following. And the third element is going on to take the teachings, the learnings you've learned to a third party, to other people. So those are the three elements. And we're going to keep emphasizing this. Number one is really following someone. The second part is learning from that person, relating with that person. And the third thing is going out there to influence the world around us. Remember our mission, the world around us with the teachings, the learnings, the practices of this person so that you can actually influence the world around you. So, here at K. hopefully it's very, very clear that despite our backgrounds, our different hairstyles, some of us have cut our hair, some of us have very long hair, some of us have different colored skins, our clothes, etc. Despite our background, there's one thing that we're really, really passionate about, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who we follow. I hope that's very clear. Amen? Amen. Let me hear loud. Amen. Okay, Amen. Absolutely. So we follow him, we learn from him, and then we manifest his character and his nature to the world around us. This is what we want to really support and nature. So Jesus set a very simple pattern to discipleship. He would first of all invite people to follow him. Okay. He would invite people to follow him everywhere he went If you. Um, when you study the Gospels. He would invite people to follow him, and then he would teach them, he would influence them, he would interact with them, Would sometimes even rebuke them and discipline them, as somebody mentioned, in a very um, loving and kind way, and then he would send them out to affect and influence the world around them. Okay, so this is what we are all about. So let me just define our culture, because we're going to emphasize this over and over again. Eh? It's about setting my heart and your heart to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting that call that I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and then learning from him, being influenced by him, being led by him in a very deliberate, somebody's talked about very, you know, very focused and very purposeful way and then going out to minister what you have learned out of your relationship with him, to affect the world around you. Okay, so let's take each of these elements uh, one at a time. Following Jesus, what is involved in following Jesus? Let's go to Matthew chapter nine, verse nine to 13. Um, Matthew chapter nine, verse nine to 13. um, It's up on the screen, but if the font is too small, maybe you can use your phones or um, uh, your Bibles, whatever it is that you have the Bible. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 to 13. Matthew 9, 9 to 13. So as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to me, to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. There's a lot that we can learn from this scripture, but there are certain things I just want to draw out at this time um, about following Jesus and being his disciples. First of all, the call is to everyone. It says, I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners, but sinners. So the last time I checked, everybody's born into this world as a sinner. So everybody basically uh, qualifies to actually um, uh, respond to the call of Jesus. Um, and it's not just a one-time response. It's a continuous uh, submission to Him, um, a constant humbling. You have to humble yourself and continuously Follow him, acknowledge him as Lord. This is really the first and key step. So, um, the call to follow Jesus. The second thing is a decision has to be made. When I want to follow Jesus, I have to make a decision. You decide. You decide. Um, You know, if you think about this story, um, Matthew woke up that morning and went to his office. Okay? Now, the Jewish tax collectors in those days were considered to be traitors. People, they, they were not liked either by the people they, they reported to, that is the Roman government, or by the Jews themselves. The Roman government didn't like them because basically they were not part of the, you know, the Roman Empire. They, was, they, was, they were a colony. And then the Jews themselves didn't like these tax collectors because the tax collectors would collect taxes on behalf of the Roman government. And often they would cheat them. Um, They would collect more than what they should have collected, and so on and so on. So Matthew woke up that morning. He went to his office, and he sat down and started thinking about how to collect his taxes on that day, Um, who and how to cheat on those taxes, because that's what typically the tax collectors did. Um, And then how to, you know, just go about his routine day. Now Jesus shows up, Jesus stands up and interrupts what would be a normal day at the office. And this is very typical of how Jesus operates. He interrupts your normality. What do you consider to be normal and routine, he comes in and interrupts you and calls you out of that. Okay, so if you look at verse nine, it says Matthew rose and followed Jesus. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision to live what is normal and what is routine for you, and then if you are honest, most of the time it's probably not even working for you, and then you follow Jesus who is able to now transform your life into a life of abundance. The other thing you may notice out of this is, you know, after the call, the next step was that Jesus went and fellowshiped. Um, In other Bible verses, he talks about, this was in Matthew's house. He was fellowshipping with the tax collectors, and um, other versions talk about, you know, these were sinners and tax collectors, especially wicked sinners, you know, there's a category of sinners called sinners, and then there's those ones called especially wicked sinners. So the, the amplified version says sinners, especially wicked sinners, and these are the kind of people that Jesus would work with and operate with and fellowship with. This is amazing, because it means anybody, anybody, no matter what the past is like, no matter how bad your past is like, if you're here and you're thinking, man, if the people here knew how bad my past was, if they knew some of the thoughts that ran through my head, and you might be feeling a bit isolated and thinking, you're really not in this, but the Lord Jesus Christ fellowships with sinners, and so you absolutely Qualify. So discipleship the culture that we choose to have at KIC is one where we are very deliberate about including you wherever you are, um, whatever you've come from, uh, whatever the scenarios are going on in your life. We want to include you and to work with you to help you on your journey to relating with Jesus Christ. So discipleship starts with a decision to follow the Lord Jesus. And if you've never made that decision, if you've never consciously made that decision, we are very, very happy and delighted to help you make that step. Or if you're just here and you just casually walked in and you just want to know maybe something about it, we're also happy to sit with you and talk you through that. This is what we want to uh, do uh, as, as KSC Lopowa in a very deliberate way. So, following Jesus, that's step number one. Number two, relationship with Jesus, that's the second thing in discipleship, relating with Jesus. Um, When we respond to God's invitation or Jesus' invitation to follow him, he comes and dwells in us, inside of us by faith, and we start having relationship with him. Now, when you have a relationship with someone, I don't know if you ever noticed, but you begin to be influenced by that person. Or you influence that person. This is what relationship is all about—the ability to actually relate with one another. You listen to their viewpoints, their opinions, and even if you don't agree or disagree, at least you know what they are. So there's a relationship that begins to be established. So we want to help um, each other in, in this, in this, uh, in case, in you know, the really develop a relationship, to strengthen our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to support you to help you to strengthen the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And as we submit to the Holy Spirit, He changes us through those relationships, through the relationship with Him, and with one another, and He moves us from one level of glory to another level of glory. So, to demonstrate how this works, I'm going to use a real example, Where's Maria, yes, come up, please. So um... So Maria has been with us. We're going to briefly talk to her and, and just see how discipleship evolves in the life of an individual typically. So what I'll do, I'll give you the microphone. So, um, like I said, Maria is one of us, so I'm going to ask a few questions. And we just want to see how discipleship evolves in, in individuals. We'll start with the first question um, How long have you been at KIC
1: Lvoa? Um, I joined KIC in 2018. 2018, so that's. Three. Three. Actually, in my school. So, how has your relationship with Jesus changed from the time you joined up to now? Actually, before I joined, especially the discipleship group, uh, my life with Christ, especially the relationship, was different. I used to have another thought about Jesus. Okay, I thought this guy is tough at a certain point. Okay, I thought used to cause troubles that I used really to face because I used to pray fast. Things used not to change. So I thought it is him that allowing me to go through this anyway. And after all, I'm going to heaven. But when we joined into the discipleship class and we were taught about, okay, we were given more details about who he was to us and why he came, he, he shed his blood at the cross and he gave up his life for me. He truly explained his love, but it really ran deep for me. He wasn't making me feel guilty, I can say, in that way. Yes. Exactly. Amen. That's a very, very important component. Learning
0: um, uh, from Jesus and learning in your personal relationship with God, you, you're able to actually improve your personal relationship with God because of um, the learnings that you get out of discipleship. So, the next question, Maria, is. How has that learning,
1: you know, all that you've learned, how has that affected the world around um, you? What are the specific things that you have done or you've or an experience you've done because of that learning? Yes. Uh, I remember in the discipleship class we used to do uh, a recap, a demonstration, a return demonstration where well, yeah, we used to come up and share as this Monica is standing in front of us. So it really challenged me. One day when we were taken to the hospital to work at the internship, uh, I thought my spirit telling me through a voice of Miss Monica, you can talk to that person. You can preach to them as they normally preach to you. You can encourage her, because she didn't have hope. Uh, she was sick and she was at, like, expecting her death very soon but I remember at night it was around 3am because I was on night duty I went in the room, everyone was asleep all the patients were asleep so I went on her bed I started shivering (laughs) I wanted to take off but I asked the Holy Spirit to strengthen me as the teachers in the discipleship class I woke up the lady she was so shocked but since I was a nurse before her she She thought I was going to administer some drugs, but I talked to her about Jesus. And guess what? She accepted Christ there and then. And the following day I didn't find her. I didn't find her on the bed. She was being discharged. I didn't have the opportunity, I was late to communicate, but uh, last year in December we did our finals at May. So this year, was it last month, our exams came back and we all excelled. Praise God. I want to take this opportunity to thank the ICB family, those people who really stood with me in terms of Some tuition and even terms of encouragement. I was really, really sore down. I used to get retakes from the word go, like since I joined Maldive. And in December, it's when I did my papers without two cards. I normally did my papers with two cards or three cards, with the other cards for the retake, praise God. eh? But when I was called out to be given my card, I received one card. I went and testified. Praise God. eh? Because I remember I used to cry. Um, Moira was there for me. Lugura's family, Miss Monica. I really used to cry, to cry. I thought I would not make it. I I wanted to give up. I I thought this is not my calling. I should quit nursing and go. Praise God. eh? I was like, I serve God. I fellowship with students. I was the mama by then in Mount May. I stand before them, I encourage them. I pray with them, but me, I stand with a retake. Praise God, eh? But I thank God through the encouragement, the prayers. I thank God for Kei our family, and I thank God who did it for me. Thank you so very much. It is only who, him who knows how to remind you. May God bless you. Hallelujah,
0: that is really, really powerful. I love the fact that she really speaks from her heart. This was actually not even rehearsed. I saw her two minutes before the service, and I said, by the way, you're testifying, these are the questions i will ask you. So get ready. So this is all not rehearsed. Eh? So this is the way that discipleship works. So whether you're in a fellowship um, here at KICOA, whether you're in the actual classes, because we do have discipleship classes, or it's or whether it's a one-on-one, something you really want that one-on-one ministry you want to sit with someone and talk to someone and they encourage you Um, discipleship takes us through those stages a decision to follow the lord jesus christ to learn from him be encouraged by him be strengthened by him Um, and as maria has mentioned you know there are going to be tough moments difficult moments but when we walk that journey together in discipleship then you come out of that a conqueror, a victor, and you're able to influence and affect the world around you. That is really powerful. Thank you so much, Maria. May the Lord continue to perfect that which He has begun on the inside of you. You are truly blessed. Amen. Amen. So again, this is a pattern we see so often in the Bible. Just to emphasize, Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector, okay? He was called by Jesus, he sat at Jesus' feet um, on a day-by-day basis Is because this is what uh, Jesus did with his disciples. He followed Jesus and was discipled by him, and the result is he became one of the most powerful gospel writers. Not bad, from a tax collector who was a thief to a gospel writer, the first book of the New Testament attributed to Matthew. That is powerful. So, uh, something that I just want to also bring out you know, when Jesus typically walked in Galilee um, or in the lands that he was uh, walking about, there were two kinds of people that followed him, um, two groups of people. There was the crowd, but there was also the disciples. Now, the crowd, uh, he ministered to the crowd, he loved the crowd. But you see, Some of these poor in this crowd would would not really have relationship with him. That was actually the key factor. They would come for these meetings or they would follow him because they saw this man as somebody who was, you know, in one instance he said, you are following me just because I give you bread. So sometimes they would follow him because they would see an opportunity. I'm hungry. There's a guy who's giving free bread. Let's go. And we turn up, eat the bread and we go home. You see? Then there were those who followed him, they received healing like the, ten, the nine lepers and as soon as they got the healing, off they went. Never to be seen again. So the crowd typically would have this sort of quick interaction with Jesus and then vanish. But the disciples, the disciples are people he called close to him. He walked with them. He journeyed with them. Their, their problems, their challenges became his challenges and he helped them through them. So discipleship is really about relationship, working with someone, strengthening them, encourage them um, when they do need encouragement. So the third part of discipleship is um, something that Maria also mentioned. How do I affect the world around me? Jesus gave us the great commission, go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. Now for some of us, that might fill us with terror. As in, am I supposed to be preaching? Am I supposed to go knocking door to door? and telling people about Jesus. I'm so afraid. I don't know what to do. But in your world, in your world, somebody, somewhere, needs a word. And you are the representative of Jesus Christ in that world. And so the Holy Spirit will lead you, will give you the strength, the encouragement to actually minister to that person. Okay? So, Um, Some of the ways in which we minister can be direct, Um, you can be maybe in in your, you know, in your word and somebody calls upon you to minister the word, so those can be direct ways, but some of them are really indirect. When I reach out to my family, you know, sometimes you may have somebody in the family who is maybe not a Christian, but is struggling with someone. So the Holy Spirit can guide you and encourage you how to minister to that person or friends, or relatives, or even workmates, people that you work with, day by day. Sometimes you can even convince someone to come to church. That's also another way to make disciples. Somebody's never been to church for a long time, they're like, hey, let's check out here, it's a very nice place. So you bring the person. That is actually a way in which we can encourage others. Um, to come and listen to truth and and teachings from the Lord Jesus and be encouraged. Um, There's there's times when you can also, um, like Maria mentioned, you you know you can impact somebody who is a total stranger to you. Um, One time I actually went to hospital um, to visit a patient, somebody who was sick. Um, And when I reached there, the the person was sleeping. So I didn't want to wake them up, like Maria. But what I decided to do, I decided to sit and just wait for them to, you know, to wake up. Meanwhile, on the bed next to this patient of of mine was um, another patient. And she watched me for a few minutes and then we began to talk. I mean, I greeted her. How are you? Sort of just a basic greeting. I I didn't know her at all. And obviously she didn't know me. And my intention really was not to engage her. I wasn't feeling spiritual, quote-unquote, whatever that means. But my intention was just to say hello, you know, have a brief conversation and continue looking at my messages, um, etc. But while I was attempting to do that, this lady suddenly interrupted, you know, brief conversation and said, you know, I notice you have an amazing sense of peace around you. You have tremendous peace around you. And you have to understand, I hadn't preached to her. I hadn't even talked to her about Jesus. I had not said anything. But she saw something in me, something that the Lord had placed on the inside of me, and it became an opening to our conversation. So she asked me, how do you manage to live in, 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 in such peace when, when the world around us, and this was during the time when the lockdown was just starting, the world around us like is like almost falling apart. So it was an opportunity to minister the love of God and the fact that God is a God of peace, irrespective of our circumstances. So at the end of that conversation, she asked, please pray for me. Pray that I can get that peace that you have on the inside of you. It was an amazing, amazing opportunity. So this is how the Holy Spirit leads us to really affect the world around us. And we look out for opportunities like this um, in our daily world. Um, Most of the time, you will not have the opportunity or the chance or even the need to preach to a large number of people. But God can do amazing things with just a one-on-one contact. Um, other ways we can make disciples to support others who actually make disciples. Uh, the women who follow Jesus, we, you know, there's a very well-known um, scripture that talks about these women who follow Jesus and his disciples and how they contributed towards uh, their upkeep, uh, contributed towards supporting them with their own resources. So here at Casey the Boa, we also have a ministry that we support. I think, I hope we all know, what's the ministry we support? Jesus loves the little children. Everybody knows that ministry? Everybody knows Hugh, the tallest guy in the universe? Yes. Yes, okay. So that's the ministry that we support. Um, and that ministry basically helps vulnerable children, especially those with disabilities. Um, to really be educated, to be healthy, and to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour. So when we we give in our contributions, some of that goes to supporting that ministry and that's how we are able to make disciples. Let me just summarise and wind up with with, uh, this this thing. Um, So, discipleship talks about responding to the call of Jesus, following, making a decision to follow Jesus. Then he talks about learning of Him, learning, you know, being deliberate and purposeful. I like that word, purposeful, about what we are all about. What is the Lord Jesus all about? How can I know more about Him? And relating with Him on a day-to-day basis, and then going out to influence the world around us. It's important to, notice, to note that when we influence the world around us, we do it out of relationship with Jesus Christ, not out of obligation, out of force, or out of guilt, like I haven't ministered to anyone, let me take my Bible and go and minister, that's not the way it works, it works out of relationship, when I think of the things that God has done in my life, the things that Jesus has done in my life, I want to go and tell others about it, and affect other people's lives with it, so this is what we want to nature within KIC the poor amen? Amen. Following him, being with him, and helping others to do the same. So that's the end of my summer, I hope you've been blessed, um, and I believe and trust that even as we continue this series, next week we shall be doing the culture theme of family. So please, please don't miss out, it's going to be really exciting. But I just want to end by saying um, that, yeah, if you've never really made that decision, follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll give you the opportunity to do so can give you the opportunity to do so that people around you will be able to pray with you or talk to you through what that means.